back to another episode of Donde Tales, the official podcast of Donde. We're on to episode four. It's me, Justin, and I'm joined once again by my esteemed co-hosts, the dignitaries of the diamond, greats of the gravel, Cote, Babe, and Donnie. We also have our fantastic executive producer, Dizzy Patterson, behind the guest. Gentlemen, how are you today? Excellent, Justin. Great to be back, Justin. Awesome, awesome. So Justin. you guys have, might have already heard that our our executive producer has secured us somebody that he has promised to be a very exciting guest um, to join us on this episode. So I oh, really? was wondering, oh, yeah, this cool. was, yeah. yeah, I was wondering if you guys had any idea who our first guest uh, on this podcast would be. Well, right off the bat, I think maybe Trout Peters would be somebody that we oh. would enjoy meeting with. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Solid. That's my, my first thought. You know, yeah, that, yeah. that's a that's a good possibility. He'd still be sober yeah. probably by now. Like, give him another hour, <laughs> right. he's going to be done on a Monday. I was night. thinking yeah. about Tim Tim Hutter. I thought it might be Huffy because he's like one of the probably the better ball players, probably one of the best ball players that ever played, and a forty three year man. Uh, exactly, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that one. Oh, go ahead, babe. No, yeah. go, Donnie. Go. I was just thinking. You know, we we talked about the gooning story last time, and Huffy's car would get destroyed. So uh, it might be a good call too. You might be right, Cote, with that. Uh, I, I personally thought it would be Chevy. I go, we talked about him last show and all the credits he received at TCI. I think he would just be a brilliant one to come in and, and light this yeah. up. I mean, there's so many people that were so instrumental to this thing. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to think of, you know, one, one, the, I mean, geez, how about a guy like uh boxcar Peters, you know, there's another one that, uh, what did he play? Two years? Yeah, can you imagine Trout and Boxcar on together? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, man. That would be a, a family fist to come. That would, be, that would yeah. be good. We need some boxing gloves for that oh, baby. Exactly. <laughs> we, might not, we might leave that one alone. or we're Actually, that, some... uh, that could be a pretty good show, Brothers. Yeah. You know, bring all the brother acts on. My brother and punch the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Who, who you got, Dizzy? I, I don't know. Who, who is it? Who, who we got? <laughs> So we, we, as you guys know, we've had probably 150 people go through this tournament. So Dizzy put up a list and, and started calling guys. And he got down to, I think, about the 120th guy that he called. And, and he said yes. And he's standing in our weight room right now. Um, so I think we're going to welcome him. Bring him in. in. Yeah, bring yeah. him in. See who he is. Yeah. All right, guys, I'm going to introduce him. He's won 13 Don Bay titles, including six as a coach. He has two <laughs> silver bricks. He was inducted into the Dom Day Hall of Fame at Dom Day 40, and he promised me $100 just for giving him all these compliments as a part of his introduction. Please welcome our first guest, Pete Delmazzi. Pete, welcome to the show. I'd prefer, hey I prefer Huffy. How are yeah. you? Welcome, we're, Dick. We're live. Hi, Dick. We're live. Yeah, no, we're, we're live, Dick. No, no preamble. Oh, we no, maybe, maybe we had that. You're, you're, on had limit, you're on limited time, Pete. Just remember that. Who's that in the right hand corner? Is that Cote? <laughs> Might be. What, yeah, is, what, exact, what exactly is his role here? To chirp you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all yours, Cote. Justin. Yeah, so Cote is, Cote is going to keep us honest throughout this, uh, Pete. And, um, I know when Dizzy reached out to you, he booked you for, for two episodes, uh, I'm told. So, um, yeah, yeah, two episodes, but we, we are only paying him for one, is what I've been told. Um, okay. So, are we down to 10-minute episodes? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're down to 10-minute episodes. So, um, as I said, Pete, before you kind of got on the line, we, we had tried to get a hold of a few guys and uh, ultimately ended up settling on you with, with lockdowns and everything. It turns out that a lot of guys were busy. Um, so uh, we ended up getting a hold of you. Perfect. I'm, I'm sure you've heard of our podcast. I, I'm told it's actually the number one trending podcast in Rexdale. Um, lots of people listening to it. The fanfare is, is at an absolute high, and we're, we're unsure if bringing on a guest is going to ruin the dynamic or, or continue the success that we've had. But, you know, we'll keep you posted on the numbers after we, we get them back from Spotify. But um, I know you've listened to the show. Uh, you wrote in numerous fan emails. 
Uh, Carol texted us and said, you know, Pete's, Pete's been listening to it on repeat. Um, so I know you know that we talked about 1978 and, the, and leading up to, to Dawn Day One. Um, and I think one of the first questions that we wanted to ask you, because we were kind of surprised as a mild-mannered guy that you ended up coaching in Don Day One. What do you think uh, was kind of the nexus of that happening? Uh, I said I want to coach. <laughs> that was basically – no, I mean, I think uh, going back – by the way, thanks for the opportunity. I'm going to do my best to fill you guys in and maybe correct some of the uh, omissions and errors of the – episode number one that I listened to or that most people listen to at least the people I talk to listen to at least the first 10 minutes of for sure. So they, they, they did hear that 1978 opening, but um, you know, why, what was the question? Why was I coaching? Well, if you look at the, the four coaches and uh, Donnie, you were there. Uh, I was there. Bobby was one of the originals. I think probably between the three of us and, and maybe Al, uh, we had a lot to do with uh, kind of concocting what uh, what Dom Day was going to be. So I think it was a natural for myself, for Donnie, for Bobby, and for Al. But I think for some reason Al deferred to to Chuck, and I can't remember exactly why. Um, but uh, but it was a pretty fait accompli as to who was gonna who was gonna be the four coaches. Donnie, did you remember that differently? No, I I, I agree with you. I don't, I'm not quite sure why Al wasn't in on it um, i do i do remember that chuck was the the uh baseball expert um yeah babe. I, did it have anything to do with cash like was there any money involved I think you had to buy the team uniforms at that time yeah. i don't think you got oh, maybe that's why he was for in. them yeah, yeah mine were mine were five dollars up at the uh <laughs> the kiosk at albion mall so i think that could have been the eliminator and pete talk about the uniform uh, when did you get them? When did I get it? Yeah. When did you get the uniforms? I got them probably the day after. I heard, I heard you guys saying last, uh, last week on the episode that you think the, the time period between the draft and the tournament was a week. I think it was a couple of weeks. I think it might've been a couple of weeks. And um, the reason I, I say that is, uh, is uh, I was thinking about one of the stories that I was going to share with you guys about, about the first draft. And uh, I think there was an event between um, the draft and the tournament. So I'll talk a little bit more about that. But yeah, up at ahead. Albion Mall, they had, they, had a, they had a kiosk up outside of Thrifties and outside of Music World at the Albion Mall. You could go in there for five bucks and they just, they just iron, on, iron on the numbers on the back of it. And that was it. If you look at our sweaters, they were blank. Uh, Donnie Beasley is the only one in the early years that had the elaborate uh, unis. Everyone else yeah. was pretty much bare bones. Was I, don't another... you, I don't know where you got the cash to do that or where you were working. But... <laughs> well, I was going to say, was it was another dollar to put the red machine on the front? Was that? <laughs> was that... <laughs> Wasn't necessary. They knew who we were, Don. So, but uh, no, Pete, I, I think, you know, and, and, uh, I think since we since we released the first episode, you know, and I was saying to Babe that, you know, some of it is undefinable, right? You can't remember the exact days or the exact dates or you know between, and it sort of all runs together. So, so you might be right with that two week time span, and maybe if there's something you want to share with us now about that that jogged your memory, uh, that'd be great. Well, I think I don't want to steal Justin's thunder because he asked me to talk about uh, something else, which is part of it. But the event was uh, Ronnie Rothew's campout. Oh, and, yeah. And, and, and Ronnie, yes. and Ronnie yeah. Rothew's campout was, I think, <laughs> on, the, on the weekend in between. So that's okay. why I think, we, I think we, unless it was a weekday, but I'm pretty sure it was on the weekend in between. We probably had 100 people camping out there. Yeah. I had that rabbit that I was the dead rabbit that I was swinging in the back of somebody's open vehicle. Yeah. It's all coming back we're to me. We're coming. We're coming to that, Paul. <laughs> where, where, where was the, uh, so Pete, where was the camp? Out? Well, that was part of it. You couldn't find the goddamn place. It took us. <laughs> Remember that? It us, we it drove us around hours. forever. Yeah. It was somewhere in Caledon. Yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah i don't know that you know back then there was no gps you didn't even have a map it's like take a left take a right take two lefts go for 45 minutes and uh, they had 100 100 people up there the place was packed 
nice track to land too. Beautiful. Oh, beautiful. Like, mud. Mostly, yeah. mostly a mud <laughs> base. They had with, up there. with rolling hills and lots of lots of fireflies. Remember the fireflies? I got one stuck just in my eyelid. Beautiful. Just for two beautiful. hours. <laughs> remember that? I was rolling around by the campfire. campfire. Actually, no, I don't remember that. <laughs> that was actually a live piece of burning wood, Donnie. <laughs> Don, Donnie, didn't we have a lacrosse game that night in like Alora or something? And we I, went from you there. know what? Or Orangeville, baby. Orangeville, yeah. Maybe that was it. You're right. I think we uh, went from there. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but you're. Pete, it there was packed. It was huge. Okay. And I well, there I was Dom Day people, but there was also non-Dom Day people. Yeah, yeah because I mean, there it, was people we hung out with around the time, and everybody who was anybody was up there. Like a lot of West Humber people, right? And some people who were nobody were up there. <laughs> yeah. Can I get <laughs> to my Cote story soon? <laughs> yeah. Well, well yeah, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so I'll jump in here, guys. So um <laughs> just to kind of get us on, on track of it a bit here before we, uh, we go down a rabbit hole, um, that I know Pete wants to go down. We go down um, a Cote hole. Yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, the rabbit hole sounds like a good spot to, to start. Um, and, and Pete, my understanding, Cote told us last time that one of his favorite Dom days ever was being selected by you in the first round of, uh, Dom day one. He played center field and shortstop for the red machine and led you guys to a championship with 43 RBIs. 18 home runs mm-hmm. uh, and seven stolen bases. They actually mm-hmm. stopped doing stolen bases after Dombe won because I have quick Cote mm. um, Is that what he told you? Yeah, that's what he told first, me. Let's but start at the end. very beginning. Did he say first round draft pick? Yeah. Is that what he said? Oh, okay. Wow. He does a selective memory. Maybe I can clarify some of that. Yeah. So I was going to say, Pete, when you selected Cote, did you know Cote at the time? Absolutely not. No, <laughs> I had no idea here. So I, uh, I had, I think, second Donnie or third pick. Donnie, you picked Schweppes. Yeah, I, I think you had second. I think I had second. Yeah. I picked uh, yeah. Alistair. And then uh, I don't know if you, guys, if you guys talked about this in your last one, but uh, Bobby picked uh, Brooks Murdoch. And then the corner, Chuck picked Lil and Woodsy. <laughs> That was his, that was his corner and, and specifically Lil before Woodsy. So Lil was a first round draft pick in Dom day. At Dom he, day had, one. he had the long ball back then, right? Yeah. Oh, he yeah. Did. Cross, yeah. cross, 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 handed. Handed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. cross handed. And, um, and then when it came back to me, I was like, cause a lot of these guys we had been playing on the weekdays, they, they came, they went, I had, I really didn't know a lot of the guys. I knew some of the guys that are playing that, that, <laughs> that we had gone to high school with, but I didn't know everybody. And I turned to Al immediately. I said, Al, what do you, what do you think for our second pick? He goes, oh, I like this. I like this Paul Coates kid. This, this lanky must've been what, 17 year old. I said, who, who is he? And I don't think you were there. So I, I, I was like, I have no idea who he is. He goes, Oh, good kid. Good kid. As we, does he, does he, I like serious red machine. always <laughs> like serious ball players, right? We didn't, we didn't want the fun guys. We didn't care about fun. We wanted the serious. He's a serious ball player. Oh, good kid. Good kid. Joe's Cote. And uh, don't remember much after that. But then fast forward a week later to uh, Ronnie's. And, uh, and we're at the camp out. There's got to be 100 people there. We're sitting around having some beers. I'm with probably you, Donnie, and Al. And uh, look over out, out into the field. And there's some, some imbecile. And he's jumping around, flying around, bouncing off the tents. And he had something he was throwing around. I don't know what it was. Would you say what it was? A, a, a stuffed toy or a, some goddamn thing? You were swinging people around by their feet. It was just, he was hooting and, <laughs> hooting and hollering. No idea who he was. I leaned over to Al. I said, who's the, uh, who's the imbecile over there? He goes, oh, that's our second round. That's our second round draft pick, Paul Coates. I said, what? <laughs> and uh, so then I... Decided to introduce myself. Do you remember that, Cote? Don't remember shit about that night except for the rabbit. I remember walking up to Cote and tapping him on the shoulders. I'm Pete Del Mazzi, your coach for next weekend. And it was something like to the effect of, yeah, right. Who gives a crap? Go get me another beer. And that was the start of a beautiful relationship, Cote, which is is every bit as warm to this day. You got it. And he's he's come a long way, my understanding. Cote's matured a, a, a crap ton since that night, by the sounds of it. You couldn't totally go different man. You couldn't go any lower than that night. Yeah, it obviously he made an impact on you, and I know you know you, Paul. 
Did you name him after Cote? Did Carol next Cote, Cote Del and you, so you just went with Paul? There was some question about that. We had the doctors looking at that, him and Chevy. <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of blood tests. Um, no, we did not name our child. Paul may be, my son may be listening to this, so I don't want to devastate his life. No, I don't think he was named after Cote. Babe, oh. babe, was, is this on the thing about the rabbit from that night? Because I don't know how we got, I don't know if, I, I seem to think that we were in, a, in Brooks's MG and we hit the rabbit and then I went back and got it. Oh, it was a, a real ra- rabbit. A live a rabbit? Yeah. Oh, it wasn't live. Yeah, well, then. it was, it, had, it was, a, it, <laughs> it was, was a live earlier. It was in a deep it was sleep. A, it was alive <laughs> briefly. And I got, I grabbed her by the back <laughs> legs and we're swinging around in the air. Like I just won Dom day one. That's hard to imagine. Hard to imagine. You know? Yeah. But, but, uh, he was a project. I would say he was a project. Still is. Because we have the red machine. The red machine had very strict rules on alcohol consumption. And uh, so I knew that was going to be a project. And fittingly, fittingly, uh, I don't know if you guys talked about that first year, but we had the final after the party. Right. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So guys. What would have your recollection of that been, Pete? I mean, like you said, the Red Machine, and I was never, um, I never played for the Red Machine, and I'm sure that was an oversight on your part, but um, my understanding is- Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, It was uh, a tight ship was the Red Machine, and and what would have that been like having the party the night before the championship? And I heard the championship was a bit of a drubbing, but were you all over these guys about, hey, curfew and- Time for bed and get out of here. Or? I was basically a full-time hall monitor that night, and Cote was the project. No, it was nobody really. Nobody really cared. Um, you know, everybody was there to have a good time, and uh, that was a pretty pretty darn good party up at Bobby's on uh, Collingdale. That was a nice party. I think um, I think nice. there were a couple of romances there. I think uh, Al Al and Heather might have might have uh, just started dating around that time around that party. Probably. They uh they slipped into one of the rooms there for a little bit. I know. Uh oh, for a slipping. No, but it was um the next the next day. It just seemed like everything was different. We came out really hot, and the final game wasn't much of a game. And so if if Cote had forty five RBIs, they were probably all in that last game because I think the score of that game was in the fifties, and no home run fence. I know I hit four home runs in that game and they were all ground balls between the left fielder and the center fielder. Hey Pete, so, I know that Justin's supposed to ask the questions, but this is a serious question. Did we have, did we have bases that first year? I doubt it. You, you don't recall. I doubt it. I can't recall any. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we just wondered, we said they probably had two. It was bats. a glove or a hat or a. Yeah. Yep. I know we spent a lot of time arguing about where the bases were. And and whether guys were on a base and whether somebody had been tagged out before they reached the non-base. And that's why you guys then brought Nikki Wolf into the tournament four years later. And you've had bases ever since, is my understanding. And rules. And, yeah, we re- and we've regretted it for 38 <laughs> years. <laughs> but I, that's, um, great. that's great insight on that, on the camp out story. Yeah. I forgot all about that. that. I mean, that and that he had more that he had more than one. I think he might've had him even before Dom day done. There might've been one or two uh, yeah. before yeah. Dom day. So it was, it was a, it was a bit of a tradition tied to graduation at West Humber. Was it not like that, to do a, that might've been it. He might've had his first one yeah. in 76. Yeah. yeah. And they, they repeated every year for his Yeah, because some, some of the guys struggled with graduating. So we, yeah. we did it again, you know, and, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but no, that's great. I mean, it was a packed house on a, on a tract of land that we, I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't pick this piece of land to do, do anything with. I mean, it's just buried in the hills of Caledon. You had to what, drive what, down, oh, down under, a, through a ditch to get yeah. to the, to the main area and cars. Yeah. I think cars are being towed away. Yeah. Woody just sold it for seven million. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no doubt. So, no doubt. Good, good stuff. Um, that's awesome. So, Pete, we we spoke about on the first episode. I'm I'm sure you heard it. Like I said, you've listened a few times um, about the origin of the Beasley's name. The question I guess we have for you now is a similar question: the origin of the Red Machine name. What inspired the Red Machine? 
1975-76 Cincinnati Reds. I fashioned myself Sparky Anderson. Uh, the big red, they were called the big red machine before you, well before you were born, Justin. Cote is not a baseball fan. He wouldn't remember these guys. Johnny Bench, Pete Rose, Tony Perez, George Foster, Cesar Geronimo. Great. One, in my mind, the greatest baseball team ever. And, uh, and I was the Sparky in my heart, in my mind. Uh, so that's where that came from. Probably, I, I don't know if any of the other teams had a, like yours was out of a phone, yours was out of a phone book, right, Don? No, no mine was, a truck, mine was a, a, a truck that drove by at McDonald's, some jalopy that had Beasley's tree service. It looked like it was about to break down. So I picked up the name from that. And, uh, and uh, Bobby went with Bears Boys, which we'll get into a later date, but we had to strip him of the bear part. Because we got to remember, Pete, we, you know, we used to have these really competitive things. I mean, it was fun and all, but we were like, we were out to win. And, we were off uh, the charts. Yeah. yeah. And I think it was year two that, that I came in and I said, look, I've got Leo's going to sponsor Beasley's. Leo from Kipling Heights, right? Like he, right. I talked to him and I said, you know, you know, I want to get uniforms. Will you give us whatever? It was $100 and we'll get, and he was, he was a go. So I was going to have Leo's on the front, Leo's. You know, and uh, and then Beasley's on the back, and I remember Bobby <laughs> threw a shit fit. Remember Pete? Yeah, he was. He was. You he was probably sick. did. You probably did get money from Leo though, because that's the only way you could have afforded those unis <laughs> yeah. back then. Yeah, put us all to but, shame. Uh, you had the hats. You had the. You had the yeah. uh, shorts. Yeah, you but, had the four uh, and a half dollar t-shirt. But uh, it was fun, fun stuff. So but, and then yeah, Galliagra's girls. I have no idea where that came from. Well, probably because Chuck's got seven sisters or whatever it yeah. is yeah yeah, yeah. so dom so dom day one the red machine are born all based off of the fact that pete put his hand up and said okay i'm having a team and pete my understanding is that's the last time ever that you made a decision at dom day right uh yeah i kind of i'm a i'm a very chill guy as you know i stood back and just let it happen for the next 40 years fair <laughs> enough fair enough so there was somebody that you wanted to talk to that when you listened or talked talk about that when you listened to the first episode you felt um, needed more to be said about him um, as far as the original days go day goes and we kind of touched on him briefly in in an episode in episode three um, about him falling asleep and waking up with a, a cat uh, on his chest but Mike Lilly was a guy that you thought you know was a, an unsung hero as it relates to the origins of Dom Day. You want to speak to that? Just that. Yeah, absolutely. Just that, you know, uh, you guys made some comments about that. I think gave the impression a lot of the Dom Day stuff came from lacrosse, which is true. A lot of the guys were lacrosse players and stuff. But for a bunch of us that didn't, Lil was, he was our social convener. He was our hub. He was the go-to guy right through high school and even through the early days of Dom Day. Like Donnie, you mentioned, you guys mentioned something about, you know, we, we played, oh, I, I, that's the other thing I wanted to mention. You, you said we played, you know, Tuesday and Thursday nights or something like that when there wasn't lacrosse practices. We were playing every night somewhere. And it was usually Lil, if it was 5.30, 6 o'clock, for us anyway, guys like uh, myself, Huffy, Pino, Jed, Bobby, Al, you know, he would be the uh, he would be the trumpet call to uh, where we playing, where we were playing. If we could get 12, 14 guys, we were playing ball that night. Yeah. And in addition to I, you guys were talking about, we, I don't think we played before the tournament. I don't think we played at Case Field pickup. I think I think we played almost everywhere else than there. I don't know that we actually played there until the tournament. So we were playing at the Elms. We were playing at St. Stephen's. And I don't know if you guys remember, we played a lot of games up behind Jed's house up at West Humber Public. You know, that little, that little diamond up there, banging balls off, the, uh, off West Humber Public. So, but Lil was for us, for many of us, has always been. He's always been the social convener and um, had a lot to do with, uh, with us getting started. So I just wanted to tip my hat to Lil. Plus, yeah. I think Lil has employed, you know, three of, you know, 50% of the people on this uh, show tonight. That's so, true. Yeah. That's true. Two, what was it? What were we making? 
buck fifty an hour, two bucks an hour. What were we doing there? For Stratolite. For Stratolite. Yeah, uh, down at down at Canadian Tire, cleaning the shields and urinals. And the urinals. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So for our listeners that haven't heard this one, like Lil, Lil's, uh, and and it was Harv's company, right? Yeah. Stratolite. Yeah. And and so Lil, Lil uh, worked for Harv. Uh, and he drove the Stratolite van, right? And uh, and then so he hired uh, a few of us, actually a bunch of us, that one yeah. that one summer, right? Yeah, P- and, I think uh, Pino, Pino and Jed were both there, yeah, yeah. as well. Ba- babe, uh, uh, Joey was there. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, it was eighty. I can tell you exactly when it was nineteen. Was it? Yeah. Okay. How'd you how'd you know that, Dick? Because he still got his tax receipt from it. <laughs> Because I remember, I remember uh, we were working in June, right through the draft, and I remember who was on my team that year, and I remember us talking about the tournament as we were heading into his place to work. Okay, yeah. So we used to work. We worked at nights. I, I don't know when we started. Was it in the in the evening we started? Or? Yeah. Was, I think it was, was eight, eight or nine. Yeah, it yeah. was a great. It was a graveyard because you were doing it while nobody was at the. Right. It was a crappy tire head office down on St. Clair. Yeah. Pete, why don't you yeah. explain what we were doing? Ooh, I can't. I was in, I was just trying to hide in the bathroom and do <laughs> as little as possible. But we were taking down lights, cleaning the insides of the light fixtures in the office complex, and then washing those plastic the shields, shields yeah. uh, in the bathrooms and putting them back up. Actually, actually replacing bulbs at the same yeah. time. Yes. So he kept, us, he kept, a, he bought, Lil bought by employing as many of us as he did, he bought a lot of beers at the Skyline men's room. Yeah. With that, with that job. And, so that and led to the obvious question of how many gods it takes to screw in a light bulb, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Basically. But we, we had some laughs. I'll tell you, I mean, we were working. Well, most of us were working hard. Yeah. And, uh, but we, we were just. He had some good laughs during the shift because you can imagine we're on a big, huge office floor. Right. And we're spread out. And so, you know, but nobody else is there. So, you know, here you've got I, there had to be what six or eight of us per shift, probably. And yeah. we're just communicating, you know, the whole night long and yelling back and forth. And then, you know, obviously coming up with stupid 10 men shit as we move along. And it was just classic stuff. So it wasn't it was kind of it was kind of one of these things that before we all got started with our real lives, you know what I mean? Like that was that was there yeah. for us. And that was our last, you know, real yuck it up before our real life started. Real jobs. Yeah. Like I anyway, what- anyway, let's keep talking about this. I know Justin's going to cut it all out anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so I'll, I'll jump in, babe. Do you have any last words before we move on to the next topic? I just remember when we were doing that job, <laughs> the thing Lil said before he went and did something else was don't screw with the phones. You can't touch the phones. <laughs> and that just led to everything going, you know, beat down as line three, it would just go all over the, the building. Right. It was hilarious. And I, yeah, every, every minute there'd be somebody else doing it. It was fantastic. And Jed doing his Foster Hewitt uh, into his uh, motorcycle helmet over the yeah. loudspeaker. Oh, oh, shit. And then I, I don't know what happened. Maybe one of you guys will, but all I know is one, one day, like, you know, a couple of weeks into it, I think it lasted for a few weeks. Right. And so one day the guy, the guy called up Lil that hired him or whatever and said, you know, we're looking for the one, the one you called Joey. Oh. <laughs> and, and I don't know what Joe did, but I, I can't remember. But I mean, it was his classic, right? <laughs> the rest of the summer, he was the one you they they called, called Joey. Joey. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff, guys. So, okay. So we're moving on uh, outside of uh, Dom Day One. So we get past Dom Day One. And I'm told this character by the name of Smokey Burgess emerges at, at some point. Um, Pete, where did the name Smokey Burgess come from and what was his role as it relates to Dom Day? You know, it's just so great about this. Like I had forgotten all this crap before, before this. So I was just, I'd just been just pressing my mind, trying to, trying to remember all this stuff. But I do remember this, that Smokey was not the first, uh, made up name. He was not the first pseudonym in, in Dom Day. Do you remember the first one, Don? 
No. It was actually uh, it was actually Zowie Bune. Yes. Which, was, yes, which was Bobby Bobby's pseudonym. There was a yeah. actually the M- MLB, Bowie. the the MLB commissioner. It was a takeoff on his name. His name was Bowie Kuhn. Yeah. And so Bobby became Zoe Zoe Bune. And um, so and he was the first because he he fashioned himself the leader you know, or pretty much the de facto leader of Domde at that time. Bobby did. So he was Zowie. And- Cote, what do you think about Bobby Brandt fashioning himself as the de facto leader of Dombe? <laughs> Sadly mistaken. Christ, he couldn't organize a two-car funeral. So I would, I would, uh, I'm sure you guys have him on your docket. Well, actually, Pete, I just read through my mom's will again, and she said, uh-huh. if you ever do a podcast, he will not be on it. So we'll honor that. She looked into the future, did she? Yeah. yeah. She covered, yeah. she covered oh, all, she covered every angle. Angle, yeah. Um, so anyway, here's here's the story on that. Um, back in the day, obviously no cell phones, no texts, no no emails. The way we'd communicate was we'd we'd type if it wasn't on the phone, we'd type out letters on an old typewriter and either mail them or fax them to each other. So I was getting, I had just started my career. It had to be in the early eighties. I just started my career and I was, you know, fashion myself a, a big wig, you know, new job manager. I'd be sitting in a, in a, in a board meeting and, you know, my, my assistant had come in with a, a fax message. It just came off a fax machine. Dear Mr. Del Mazzi, your services are no longer required. Please vacate the building by 5 PM this afternoon. And I'd look up at her and she'd look at me and shake her head or, or uh, it'd be like an agenda uh, hot off the facts. And they'd come running into the meeting with an agenda for the winter meetings for Friday night or at the men's room. Or um, I remember one was, uh, who were you you working for then? Ryder was my my right out of the gate. Okay. First and only job. And, and more people in the office started looking at these things. Right. So I got to do something. And stupid as I was, I figured a pseudonym, right? Change my name. I, as a kid, I collected a lot of baseball cards. I still had remnants of old baseball cards. Smokey Burgess, actually a MLB player who played in the 60s for the Pirates. He was a catcher for the Pirates from Asheville, North Carolina. And I just happened to randomly pick him out. And that's who it was, Smokey Burgess. Of course, that didn't change. That just actually made it worse because now they were getting these letters that to Smokey Burgess, who they absolutely knew exactly who that was. It just made matter. Just made me look even more stupid. <laughs> so that was where the, that was where the, uh, that was where Smokey Burgess came from. And then, and then I guess, Donnie, you were, you were next after that. I mean, I, I kind of yeah. pretend Smokey pretended to run the thing for a few years until he got ousted uh, in a, very sad situation that I'm going to talk about hopefully a little later. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, but I mean, you know, for, for, uh, for, I don't know for how long Pete, it had to be a good, good seven, eight years that you were sort of the, you know, uh, positioned as the, you know, the, the guru of Dom day and running, running the show. And uh, yeah, I don't know how, how that Did came. Did you to say be. seven Don? Yeah. It was seven oh. or. Well, I think seven, you had the title, Pete. It's been 43, you've been running it with yeah. some without the title. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You know, I don't know when he got ousted. And he could probably tell the story better. But uh, Yeah, um, it's, on, it's on my list. Yeah. I still have. I so, still have is, is that on your list of, of grievances or things that we're yeah. going to talk about today? Oh, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> okay, so, fair enough. If you, but, got, if but, you, got, if you got time, we, uh, we can talk. But. But Pete's right. So, you know, and again, things I never even thought of. I mean, we, we got to, we were sending faxes and there was a lot of faxes, right? Because I, at the time I was working in Buffalo and running this O'Toole's office and I would get the same sort of faxes come in and the <laughs> secretary would bring it in and put it on my desk. And fortunately she had a great sense of humor and just, I think she kind of enjoyed it <laughs> as much as we did, you know, but these things. Were oh, yeah, I got to the point and- where everybody, Everybody in the office was smiling when they came in and brought one right. in and threw it on your desk. Right. <laughs> and, uh, but we just, you know, I wish, you know, and, and then, uh, you know, prior to the little accident back in February, I had a lot of them still. Um, right. And, 
you know, and then Babe came across, uh, or and I think Cote, a lot of the newsletters as well, right, from the past. And so right. these letters were classic. And I, I had them, and maybe I'll get some of them back. I don't know until, but I had I had a manila folder for Dom Day 1, Dom Day 2, Dom Day 3, Dom Day 4. And, and in, in those folders might have been just one sheet of paper with the schedule on it, or there might have been 10 the sheets. Newsletters, of, yeah. Yeah, a newsletter. A, a and you lost a lot of that, Dom? Yeah, I think so. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's too I'm bad. hoping that I get some of it back because I did see, I was telling the guys on one of the earlier episodes, I did see a, a big box of the programs going out to the restoration company. So I think I might get some of it back. I hope so because there's some yeah. good stuff in there. But there's these guys have found some stuff as well. And, uh, but these letters were just, just hilarious, right? And we, it all built up and ended up built up to either, I guess the, the winter meetings, which we had, I think we spoke about on, on another episode too. And we'd have these winter, winter meetings in the, in the Christmas break for everybody when they were home. Or then it, after that, it immediately it turned to Dom Day and building up to Dom Day. So, and without yeah. the, the cell phones or the internet or whatever, this was the way we kept it going and generated excitement. I mean, it was to the point where you're living in Baltimore or Kingston or, or wherever you were living and you got a letter in the mail and you're like, oh, this is great. I <laughs> can't wait to open it and see what it is. And it was like just typed shit. literally typed out on a 1950s Underwood typewriter. Yeah. With so liquid gonna, paper. So I'm going to jump in then, Donnie, because you talked about the winter meetings, which I think leads us to a story um, that Pete wanted to get into uh, around the winter meetings. And just for guys like me who weren't there, um, were average guys like Cote invited to the winter meetings or was this only for guys like Smokey Burgess and, and uh, Slade Digby and, and those types? First thing, Justin, I, I would never put the words Cote and average guy in the same sentence. <laughs> Thank uh, you, Peter. Thank you. But uh, <laughs> below, below average. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes below, sometimes above, but never, never in the middle. Um, Donnie, you know, I, I, my recollection is, did, did the winter meetings, like, I think they might have been connected to LaBear. Were they connected to LaBear? Are you guys going to so, do an, are you guys going to do an episode on LaBear? We talked well, about we, it. We, we, talked about already, it yeah. we already talked about it. I, I don't think they were connected, Pete. I mean, they happened at the same time, but they, the, the winter meetings, I can remember, you know, okay, whatever the date was, we were going to be, you know, Friday, December the 22nd, we were going to meet the skyline the winter meetings and maybe the first one wasn't even the winter meetings but it just came right. to be the, the winter meetings every year and then labert happened shortly after that but well, we yeah. spent so much time at the skyline it's hard to it's, it's hard to separate all those uh evenings at the skyline we we thought uh, that labert always took place on boxing day if we yeah if, it, used, we it did of, yeah, yeah it did so, started in think, 77 think... it actually started before dom day so it started in 77 so Pete, you weren't with us at the at the beginning, but one one of the one of the guys that the group really wanted to be their first host was uh, Patty Savickas, Chevy, um, and there was a story around the 1979 winter meetings uh, around Chevy that you thought was worthy of bringing up. Do you want to kind of give us some context on that? Sure. And um, I need some help from the, the boys here because I just get like I just get these little remnants, these little pieces, bits and pieces. And then we got to fill in the blanks. But 79. So the 79 meetings would have been after Dom Day 2 and Dom Day 2 Chevy was the reigning and first rookie of the Dom Day rookie of the year. So he was being feted. Uh, like he was a, he was one of the new class acts in, in Dom day. And so we feted him, I think at these winter meetings. And I think we, I, I think it was that one, Don, we had all kinds of stuff we were giving out. Like I got yes. some ice wielders. Do you remember the, do you remember the, La Bear, shopping. the La Bear shoes that I got the blue and orange La Bear shoes, <laughs> La Bear shoes that I tried once and almost killed myself. <laughs> So they were they were broomball <laughs> shoes like Pete, Pete, you and I went shopping the day of the winter meetings and we just went to get some little trinkets. We were going to hand out, you know, awards or whatever. And there was broomball shoes. You ever seen them? So they, they have like this thick, like one and a oh. half or two inch uh, sole on them. It's rubberized. And I guess I don't know. It's supposed to stick to the ice, which which, which are great. Yeah. I'm sure if your your goal is to slide <laughs> along the ice. But if your goal is to pick up your feet and run on the ice. <laughs> You're a dead man, as I found out. Yeah. But but the other thing I remember, I think it was that year, these shirt these shirts with uh, 
with a huge picture of foghorn leghorn on it. <laughs> do you remember that? What I do remember about that one was um, we all booked rooms at the Cambridge uh, that night. We all, we all had, we, uh, a bunch of us had rooms at the Cambridge. So when they closed the uh, skyline down, which was what, one? We all went over to the Cambridge to carry and the on. meeting. The meeting started at seven, probably. <laughs> right. So you can so imagine. Here we were walking across Dixon Road to the walking across uh, <laughs> uh, probably 25 hammerheads walking across Dixon Road to the to the Cambridge, which is now the what is it? Hollywood. Hollywood Inn Express. Hollywood yeah. Inn Express. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if you're, you guys remember Chevy wa- um, was very sad <laughs> that night. He had just broken up with his girlfriend, his longtime oh, yeah. Rhonda. girlfriend. Yeah, Rhonda so we were in, a, we, we were in uh, I think it was his room or somebody else's room, and somebody goes, where's Chevy? Hadn't seen, seen Chevy for a while. And somebody goes, I think he's out, he was out on the balcony. So we go out on the balcony, and he had, he had, leapt, off the, he had leapt off the balcony. <laughs> he was, but the, but the, <laughs> the hilarious thing was, it was only the second floor balcony. So he probably went about seven feet. <laughs> he was just spread eagled. He was spread eagled out on the snow like a snow angel, doing snow angels. And he, in his mind, he had jumped off the balcony. And uh, and I think we went and got him and hauled him hauled him back up. But that was his brush with whatever he was going through that night. It was pretty hilarious. Oh God. Oh, yeah. But Chevy was, I mean. You really should have Chevy on the show. He's very, very articulate. I'm, I'm sure you could fill in a lot of the gaps on a lot of these yes. uh, yeah. stories. But, bef- and, you know, Chevy, Chevy was, well, we'll get into Chevy again later. But before, just remember, before, before the one-eyed guy at the party, before the one-eyed guy dance at the party was the Chevy <laughs> shuffle, shuffle and the wanderer. The and that, that um, I mean... The women either loved it or were scared to death of it when he started yeah. to when he started to uh, table dance in front of them. So that that might be another episode as well. Yeah, so that takes she, us. Oh, go ahead, Cote. No, I was just going to say, and then Chevy got a gut. <laughs> yeah, he started to get over the years less and less women sign up for those sign up for those table dances, but uh, until I think it eventually frittered away. But it was great in his day, boy. Oh, yeah. I wish we had some of that on film. I wish somewhere there might be. Yeah. If there's, if there's some security footage at Remo's, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Love to see that. So 1979, the rise and fall of Patty Savickas. We then go on. We're going to jump a few years. We go to 1982 and 1983. Pete, you end up hosting two Dom Day parties in back-to-back years. Mm-hmm. What was the preparation for hosting uh, these parties at the time? Virtually nothing. Virtually get as much beer into the house as possible and get your parents out of it. <laughs> it, was, it was basically, I, I don't know wh- whether we had coordinated with them that they were off in Hawaii or somewhere, uh, but uh, get them out of the house. And uh, But there really wasn't a lot. Like that was the thing about then. Things were pretty much impromptu. Things were not things were not organized to the nth degree. I don't think like they, like we, like we do it today, you know, you have to today, but I think everybody just showed up. You didn't. And that was part of the fun. You didn't know what you were going to get. You didn't know what the. Like Cote on the roof with a hose. Exactly. Um, is that who it was? I, I, I do remember somebody with a hose. I remember that hose made it into the rec room in the basement too. No, that was at Bobby's for Dom um, Day One. First yeah. one was Cote, but there was another one at, at yours. So, what was the story about the hose at your party? There? I, I I remember I remember yeah. squeegeeing water down our uh, down our drains from somebody pulling the hose from outside and bringing it down the basement. Um, I remember. I don't know if it was at my place. A story about I remember throwing literally four o'clock in the morning throwing. Joey D and Chevy out physically <laughs> like they were the only they literally would not leave had to had to grab them by the shoulders and, and get them out of there. Imagine I, I think it was a, I think the Lil in the car Lil in the uh, cat story was there. That was that was at you at your place. Your yeah. Place, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And the yeah. other one, the other one too, Dick, I don't know if you remember any more about was Les Brunel got all wound up at one of your parties and something happened with the neighbor, didn't it? Yeah, the neighbors so. came over the next day to complain to my parents that someone was knocking at their door. Lester was just mixed <laughs> up on, at what place he was at, for heaven's sake. Give him yeah. a break. Yeah, that was the second that surprise one. Surprise me. The second party was now, when we had. I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna name names in that story because you don't. <laughs> you don't know who's listening to this, but uh, yeah, we got that. But I remember. I remember me and Carol and whoever else was. Still, I don't know if it was. I think it was in the morning where we found Lil and he was sleeping in his car in the in the driveway, snoring with a cat on his chest. <laughs> was. And you just there, there was people on the lawn. There was, and then yeah, was, I, I, and I think like in '83 that, which was the second one, right, was the first year of the Hotel 19, right? Yeah. So all all those guys were there, right? Mm-hmm. So we had who we that, have didn't, that didn't hurt the party. Oh, yeah. let, that, babe, no. let babe tell that story. Yeah, so we were getting ready after the big victory. Um, we went up to my dad's closet, which wasn't very big. And we took clothes out of there to wear. And there was, you know, Buff, there was Ram, there was Legs McDonough, there was uh, Floyd. And we grabbed stuff. And I remember my dad was a Cub Scout leader. And somebody had the Cub Scout outfit on. We had all these old clothes on. It was hilarious. I remember going to your place, Pete, and you guys are just like, what a bunch of idiots. And I don't know if you had snacks out or not, Pete, but I, I believe somebody had some cheesies, Paul Coates. Um, and I remember, I remember the music was going, and all of a sudden, Cote went down and did the splits, and his beer went flying, and everything just went crazy after that. It was perfect. But I remember everybody wearing my dad's clothes, and it was hilarious. It was just brilliant. I remember I remember Danny Philman doing the headfirst Superman dive down the down the stairs into the basement a couple of times at that party. And uh, that you mentioned snacks. And I, I just now that you mentioned that. A memory just just flooded back. Carol and a, and a few of the girls were cooking turkeys and hams upstairs. Like they, they were cooking for the for the midnight snack for the party distinctly remember her cooking a, a, a turkey and a ham and the girls bringing it down and we were just pigging out at one and in the morning. That, and at that they point, might have did, regretted that. Yeah, I was going to say. And at that point, that sounded like a great idea. Yeah, a good idea at the time. And then you know, I think we, we, we finished cleaning up from those parties at around the Wednesday or the Thursday. It was, it was brutal. And were we your were parents still, home? We were still pulling stubbies out of the out of the out of the uh, family room and out of the bathrooms and uh, it, everywhere it was just a mess. So a mess. and also at, at one of those and I I want to say it was eighty two but was kind of the first impromptu awards ceremony, right? Because Pete, you had that little bar down yeah. down at the bottom of the stairs to the left there, and yeah. uh, and that was where I have a picture. Oh God, I, I hope I still have it. I have a great picture of. Uh, I think it was you, you, Bobby and I. Pete. I can picture that picture. Yeah. Yeah. Standing yep. behind and yep. there's stubby, there's stubby bottles on the bar and, yep. and we're, we're handing out, uh, I don't know what we're handing out, but uh, yeah. So that was, that was good. And a packed house down the basement. It was awesome. Yeah. One of the things we did at one of those parties, we're talking about romances starting was we had a cake. I don't know why we had a cake for Gorp. And Kimmy, yeah, yeah, who started? Who, I remember uh, the girls bringing a cake down because they had started dating, or it was their—I don't know—it was their first anniversary of dating at one of the—I don't know what it was, but they—they—they they, they met at one of those part early parties. It was yeah. a sim- it was a sympathy cake for Kim. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it had cash in it, so uh, <laughs> yeah. pork would eat nickels. it. Yeah. Nickels. So, guys, we're going to move on to the last story of of this episode, and. I know some of the guys, uh, Pete, were, were really excited to talk about this and talk about your driving skills, uh, specifically in Buffalo. Um, who wants to open up? Maybe Babe or, or Cote? Or I on, wasn't there, uh, so I think this is a Babe or Donnie uh, well, explanation. Donnie, it was, certainly he was the yeah, and I, he, he I, was I, on the losing end of it. Yeah, I wasn't there personally, but heard about it immediately. Yeah. Even I, I, 
it was on the wire right away. <laughs> it was picked up by a lot of. Uh, we were texting of, before there was texting. Yeah, there's a lot of interested uh, communications companies that were interested in picking up this story because it was Roger hot. Roger Penske phoned me about him possibly climbing into a car for him at Indianapolis. <laughs> so and this climbing out quickly. <laughs> Cote wasn't there in person. Babe wasn't there in person. If we could, if I could get rid of Donnie right now, I could claim that this never happened. Actually, oh, it did. I could deny the whole thing. So this was this was around. Uh, this is late '80s, early '90s, right? And so I want to say it was probably '90, '91 would be my guess. And prior to this, you know how you you know as you go through life, you there's some people that you identify as terrible drivers. Right. And for whatever reason, there was there's three guys that I can think of in the Dom Day community that we all joked about at one time or another about not being very good drivers. And Pete was one. And uh, Sid was another one. And uh, Dink, Dink Huntley, he was a, he was the third. Right. And so we all had or some of us had experiences with all on, on not being a good driver. But anyhow, with this Buffalo story. So I had a weekend where we, we had um, a lot of people down a lot of Dom Day people came down for the weekend and we played golf. We started out playing golf. And so whatever, whatever uh, golf course, I think Buff, Buff found it for us. It was in Buffalo. It was, I was living in East Hamhurst at the time. And Buff set us up at a golf course. And, and I, I want to say we had three foursomes anyhow, maybe more. I mean, it was a good, it was a real good turnout and couples. It was the yeah. couples thing, right? Which was, um, Kind of unusual. We didn't we didn't have a lot of couples events. I think we but went to a we went to a game, right? We went to a game, yeah. yeah. Maybe the night before we went to a yeah. game, and then yeah. we 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 played golf and and uh, I think were you in a hotel, Pete, or did you stay at my place? Were we were in a we were all most of us were in a hotel yeah. down by Pearl Street somewhere. Yeah, and a few of us, a few people stayed at my my house, and yeah. and then we we played golf, and we decided, okay, well we're we're going to go back to my place and we'll just you know have some beers and cook some food or whatever have some more have some more beers yeah so we all went back to my place and and you know you know the right crowd i mean obviously we got going got wound up and you know we had we had we had a number of beverages consumed and uh <laughs> and then i don't know what the game plan was after for the evening but i think it was just out to dinner maybe or something but we were everybody's like so pete's parked in my driveway Right. And then so people are are leaving or whatever. And I don't know, Pete, if you it's just you and Carol or or who was in the car. Did you I think it was Pete? in the car alone. And I think Carol was back at the hotel and I had to go get her or something. So I was in a little bit of a hurry. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go with that. Yeah. So so Pete, Pete's backing out of my driveway and I guess he just he just clips the mailbox right off the the, the, the post. I mean, it just snaps it. Right. So this swung the front end out, right? Like the front end of the, he swung that out and it just tagged. That was my, my 91 bond. That must've been 91. It was my brand new Bonneville SSE. Yeah. And uh, like, but seriously, who puts a, who puts a mailbox? It was like two feet. It was your neighbor. It wasn't even yours. It was the the neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. Two feet from the, from his from the front of his driveway right on the on the on the boulevard you're backing out really fast you're looking over this shoulder and turning this way and it 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 just splashed the whole thing splintered all over the street well it jumped out at you it's just a whoa and uh and i booked (laughs) I, I, thought I might have panicked. I'm not sure. I think I'm not sure if you guys were out of the house yet or not. No, lawn, but I just booked it out of there. I didn't know about it until <laughs> I and I don't know whether you did you grab it and throw it back on the lawn or somebody no, I just I just kept going. Yeah, I just booked why, it out. So I think you were gone. And then somebody I think another neighbor came along, was walking up the street and picked up this stump of a mailbox and threw it, threw it next to the, you know, there's a foot of jarred wood hanging out of the, out of the ground, threw it next to it. I didn't find out about it till the next day. <laughs> it was a, go- it was a gorgeous box though, Don. Beautiful. He, cedar. Saw, he, he saw the U S postal guy lying on the ground, putting the mail <laughs> into the box. It was beautiful. Yeah. I had like a beautiful cedar thing, maybe a Pelican on the top of it for 
Um, uh, classic. Well, yeah. well, guys, I, I think we're going to leave it there. If you guys are uh, good with that. Um, so I guess as we, if anybody's kinda... listened, if anybody's listened this far, Justin, I feel sorry for him. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that leads then Pete to the next question. And last question, Cote, do you think we should have Pete on for uh, one more episode after this one? Finish some of the stories that we still got. So far, he's been fairly proper, and uh, as many of you know, we do this on Zoom so we can see each other, and he hasn't bitten his tongue off. So if uh, if he's available and there's still wine in the Dumasi residence, we'd love to have him back for another episode. Awesome, guys. We're going to end it there. We were reminded by uh, one of our, our fans, Nicole Wolf, to remind our fans to like, rate, and subscribe our podcast on, and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify. And also, as we mentioned at the end of each one of these podcasts, we are hoping to do a Dom Day mailbox. So be sure to submit uh, an email to info.domday at gmail.com. Again, that's info.domday at gmail.com. See you guys next time. Thanks, Dick. Thanks, Dick. Thanks, guys. Cheers.